When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, and welcome to The Short Stuff. I'm Josh Clark, and there's Charles W. Chuck Bryan over there, and Jerry's sitting in for our producer, Dave C. Couston, and this is Short Stuff. When you put all that info together, you got a short stuff, okay? That's right. Let's go, Chuck. It's about chameleons. Is that what we're doing? Yes, we are doing one on chameleons, which I think was um, surprisingly fascinating. Because everything yeah. I know about chameleons, I learned from watching paint commercials. <laughs> I love chameleons. Um, we don't call them chameleons. We call them lizards uh, when, they, when we see them <laughs> all over the place here in Georgia. Wait a minute. Uh, there are chameleons up there? Yeah. I didn't know that. What do you think all those lizards are? I thought they were skinks. What's a skink? Is that a blue tail? I don't know. Maybe they are skinks. If it has a blue tail, it's a skink, and they <laughs> are neurotoxic. I met somebody once who was like, don't let your dog anywhere near those things. I knew a cat once that had cross-eyed because it had eaten too many of those lizards. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, apparently they have a neurotoxin. Uh, well, now I'm looking up a picture of a chameleon, and I think you are completely right. This is not chameleons that we see here in Georgia. They're skinks. They're skinks, but we call them lizards anyway, so okay. I was still right. Yeah, you're still right. How do you spell skink? I think like just you, like it sounds. Like you think? <laughs> oh, well, these aren't exactly skinks, although we do have skinks. What about a gecko, a leopard gecko? It could be one of them. Maybe so. I saw a skink one time at the lake that was with tail about a foot long. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> oh my god well now i don't know what we see all over the place in the woods and on our deck it's probably geckos okay i think i think if it's not a skink <laughs> all right well we're talking chameleons <laughs> oh the they reason... are little geckos yeah okay there i got it are. leopard geckos if i'm not mistaken okay. mo loves chasing those things oh my god she loves chasing lizards are these the ones that puff up their uh, neck in a balloon yep yep yeah all exactly right, right. They're great. They're great little lizards. They're fun. They'll uh, drop their tail if you get too close to them and they need to escape. Yeah, just like chameleons, right? No, Chuck, that's absolutely (laughs) wrong. The first fact about chameleons is they can't regrow their tail. If their tail's ever pulled off, it hurt, and it's not coming back. Yeah, they don't don't release their tail. like uh, Well, plenty of lizards do that, though, right? Yeah, like a gecko. Yeah. Um, but that's not what people think of when they think of chameleons, that they can't regrow their tail. That's that's pretty arcane. That's a deep cut as far as chameleon facts are concerned. What most people think of when they think of chameleons is that they can change color. And everybody knows they can change color because they blend in with their surroundings, right? Wrong. Oh, man, we're both just <laughs> batting zero right now. Yeah, we're busting some chameleon myths, and that, that is a myth that chameleons will be green if they're next to a leaf, or they will be brown if they are on your deck or your mulch. Uh, that is not true. That that may accidentally happen to be true. If you look and say, oh, look, they're the same color as my deck. But it's not because they're trying to blend in. They are trying to control their body temperature. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, but they do try to blend into the green as their sort of natural state. Right. Um, but they're not doing anything in that point. Like you said, it's their natural state. Like they're just like it worked being. out that way. Yeah, it just yeah. worked out perfectly, almost like it was designed by the hand of God himself or herself, <laughs> if you watch Dogma. Wow. Um, but they're green. Well, we'll get to why they're green, because I thought that was a pretty interesting thing. But when they're when they're agitated, when they're excited, when they're happy to see you, mm-hmm. um, when they are scared, when they're trying to, like, scare off somebody else, they're feeling emotional. And just like with humans, when you feel emotional, there's all sorts of hormones churning, right? Yep. Well, that's what happens with the chameleon, too. When those hormones get to churning, they start to change color. Um, and they do it in in the same way that just about every other thing that changes color in the world, every other animal changes color, changes color. Um, but it's slightly different in that the kind of structures that a chameleon uses is much different than what we understood it to be before. Yeah, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, with our good old friend, the octopus, mm-hmm. they have chromatophores. Mm-hmm. And with the chameleon, they are iridophores. Yeah, so I saw that. I also saw somewhere that chromatophores is like the umbrella term for all the different oh, okay. kinds of color-changing cells. And that iridophores, like chameleons have, are a specific kind. Okay. But that the the big difference between like an octopus and a chameleon as far as color changing goes, well, there's two. One is that um, the octopus is using pigment-filled sacs. Right. And then they're they're change they're opening or closing the muscles surrounding each sac to like show or not show that color, and they have different colors in their sacs. With a chameleon, they're actually using like crystals that that they're called iridophores because they're iridescent, right? Yeah. And you know what? That's a great cliffhanger and we're right in the middle. (laughs) We are in the middle of a cliffhanger. Like I'm about to vomit. I've never (laughs) been in the middle of a cliffhanger before and Uh it's, it's a very uncomfortable place to be. It's kind of like, hold on, I'm not done. (laughs) When I was uh, in maybe second grade, I was on Uh the bus and the bus came to a red light Uh and it came to a stop. Yeah. But have you ever been in a vehicle that never fully came to a stop? It sure. just it wasn't moving forward any longer. Okay. And there's like this incomplete feeling like something uh-huh. is terribly wrong. Yeah. Like that Twilight Zone episode where uh-huh. Darren from Bewitched like flips a coin and it lands on its side. And after yeah, that, yeah. you can hear everybody's thoughts. Same thing happens uh-huh. when a bus doesn't fully stop at a red light. Uh-huh. That's what I feel like right this moment in the middle of this cliffhanger. I can hear your thoughts and I want to throw up. We'll be right back. S Y S K. You should know. S Y S K. Hey friends, if you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. Like, what are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood the best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Yeah, well, now it is, everybody, on Homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools, and their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever 
to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All right, everyone. Josh just vomited. I had to turn off my my computer camera. Oh, thank you for the towel. So now I'm only listening. Uh, but we left it the cliffhanger where you were talking about the crystal-like cells called iridophores. Mm-hmm. That what they do instead of um, squeezing pigment is they work with uh, actual light and color and light across the entire color spectrum, even if human beings can't see it. Yes, that's the huge that's the huge thing like if you have a pigment sack you can you can reflect the color that that pigment reflects and mm-hmm. so it's showing blue or red or yellow or orange or something like that. And a iridophore can reflect whatever color needs to be reflected at that moment. And like you said, even ones that humans can't see, impossible colors is what they're called. That's All just colors. Amazing. It really makes you wonder like what dazzling displays chameleons are putting on we just can't even see it because our eyes aren't it's not possible for our eyes to pick up light on that 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 part of the visible spectrum or the non-visible spectrum right and there are a lot of species of chameleon and depending on the species they have different kind of color changing capabilities Mm -hmm. Um, some are way more vibrant and bright some aren't quite as vibrant and bright um some of them have a lot of variants and the kind of colors, but the, it's a general thing where they can basically use any color on the spectrum. Like it's all open. Uh, all those those wavelengths are open for business for these chameleons. And it has to do with, again, whether the chameleon, the iridophores um, or the muscle surrounding each iridophore is relaxed or agitated. And that has to do with hormones. So when it's relaxed, the muscles are contracted around it, and it's just reflect, reflecting short wavelength light, like blue, right? Right. And, and then when they're excited, yeah. those cells go farther apart, and they can get more red and orange. Yes, which is how they change color. But because they're excited and those hormones are churning, that's what triggers those iridophores to expand or contract, um, which is the difference between chameleons and octopi, that um, octopi control their uh, their um, chromatophore sacs with uh, neurons. So it's like instantaneous opening or closing. With chameleons, it takes, I mean, it's fast, but it takes a little longer because the hormones have to go signal the cells to open or close depending on whether the animal's excited or relaxed. Yeah, and here to me is one of the coolest facts is the actual natural sort of color of a chameleon is more of a yellow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you see them, they're usually green when they're just chilling out. And that's because, and it's very simple, everybody, when they're relaxed, they're reflecting blue light mm-hmm. and blue and yellow make green. Isn't that neat? That's all there is to it. Yeah. Very cool. I love that one too. Um, 
So those those iridophores, Chuck, are actually beneath their skin, but mm-hmm. you can see them, and they're able to reflect well, how refract does that light. Well, because their skin, the outer layers of skin, are actually transparent. And apparently, chameleons have a little um, quick change act where if they're really trying to get vibrant in a hurry, they'll just, like, shed those clothes like um, uh, Otho in Beetlejuice <laughs> when he enters the spotlight. Yeah. You remember? His leisure uh-huh. suit just gets pulled. Or no, his suit gets pulled off, and he's wearing a leisure suit underneath. Yeah. <laughs> that might be my favorite movie all, of all time, I think. Uh, you One know, of them. I think doing a sequel, they're developing a sequel. Same cast? I think so. I mean, oh, man. I think everyone's there. I can't wait. I'm, I'm behind it. Okay, same here, man. One of my favorite parts ever of that movie is when uh, he's in the waiting room mm-hmm. uh, with a guy with a little head. <laughs> yeah. And he just leans over and goes, yeah, let me ask you something. How do you get him down so small? <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. How do you get him down so small? One of my favorite lines. And then the song, of course. I'll eat anything you want me to eat. I'll swallow anything you want me to swallow. What? You remember that? No. What Are we talking about Beetlejuice? Yes, he has the song. I'll eat anything you want me to eat. I'll swallow anything you want me to swallow. So come on down. Oh, I'll chew on a dog. Is that in his ad? <laughs> I think, yeah. I'll Very chew nice. on a dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just classic. It is classic. I was watching Michael Keaton's early stand-up. Earlier, no, yesterday. How did that go? It was okay. He wasn't great. Um, well, but you could see the seed. Okay. I can imagine. I can see him being like real judgy and like, come on, it'll be a bonehead kind of facial expression and smoking cigarettes. and. No, it wasn't that. <laughs> you should check it out. It's interesting. Okay, I'll, I will because I definitely have no idea what it's going to be like then. And I met him uh, one day. I know. Uh, he I came to a story. set, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, he lived across the street from where you were shooting and just sort of entertained the, the PAs in the driveway for 10 minutes one day. Very nice. Very nice guy. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he was super nice. I'm really glad to hear that. He's no, he's a chameleon. <laughs> he can blend into wherever he is. Group of PAs in the driveway, no problem. Yeah, or um, a rock in the desert. <laughs> rock in the done? painted desert. <laughs> Are we done with chameleons? I think so, man. I think we're done. I think uh, there's no one listening anymore. It's just you and me now. Agreed. All right. Well, goodbye, Chuck. This is the end of Short Stuff. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.